Welcome to Rooted and Reaching, a podcast from the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia in Columbia, Maryland, where we celebrate the beauty of our diversity. In our conversations here, we share stories of our journeys and explore ideas that challenge us in order to nurture the interdependent web of which we are all a part. We are rooted in faith, reaching for community. I'm Sarah Davidson, Director of Communications and Member Integration. And this week I'm chatting with delightful UUCC member, Phil Webster. Listen in to hear about how Phil has found fulfillment in leaning into various leadership roles at UUCC and about his consistent work and interest in climate justice. Phil will also talk about his work as Climate Change Task Force Chair at the Unitarian Universalist Legislative Ministry of Maryland. So, Phil, are you ready, Phil? I am ready. Okay. <laughs> um, thank you for chatting with, with me today. It's nice to see your face. Let's dig into this first question. Phil, you've been a member at UUCC for years now. Perhaps some already know the story, but could you tell me about what brought you here to Unitarian Universalism and UUCC? Wow, there's a very long road here that I can sort of take you down. I'll try to do it somewhat quickly. Um, my father was a uh, atheist college professor and my mother was a Southern Baptist from the mountains of North Carolina. So I have this bifurcation in my head between religion and no religion. Somewhere along the way, I met Mary, who had a great experience of her Presbyterian church in North Carolina. After marriage, we attended a UU church in Asheville, North Carolina, but we left there shortly afterwards to go back to graduate school. Um, after we finished school, we lived in Yellow Springs, Ohio. Kathleen and Nielsen were born there. And Mary really wanted them to have the same kind of spiritual experience that she had. You know, it's sort of, it takes a village to raise a child attitude. And she was really looking forward to that. So we ended up joining the Yellow Springs UU Fellowship, which was a very interesting place. It was totally lay-led. There was never a called minister. And they met in an old one-room schoolhouse on the outside of town. After that, we moved to Columbia for Mary's job, and we joined UUCC. I figured that we'd raise some kids at, U at UUCC. Then we'd be done and gone. And boy, was I wrong about that. I'm an atheist, but I have developed a much fuller humanist philosophy, and I'm sort of an aspirational Buddhist, if that makes huh. any sense at all. And so we just got pulled in by the community. We made really, really great friends, and now we're sort of here for life. That's a pretty great story. Yeah. I feel like it's always a longer story, right? Unless you're raised a Unitarian Universalist. Yeah, there are a few of us around, but not many. Right. Not, no, I'm not one of them, but they're around. Um, but we've been here since 94, so it's going on 30 years now. So you've also served in a number of leadership positions at UUCC. Mm -hmm. so of course, I'm going to say thank you big time for that. <laughs> and can you, you tell us about what led you to feel called to serve the congregation in a more significant way with your hand in leadership? Wow, that's sort of a continuation of your first question, I guess. Um, when we got here, you know, we were busy with the kids and, you know, not really focused on this, but we started volunteering for little things as we could. Um, Mary has always liked to teach the, the real little kids in RE. I was always more engaged on the finance side of UCC since, you know, that religious stuff didn't really speak to me at the time. 
you know, I've been the treasurer, I've been the chair of the budget drive more times than I can remember. But I always believed that the more you put into something like UUCC, the more you're going to get back from it. If, you know, I was only to drop by occasionally for a Sunday service, I wouldn't get very much out of it, and I probably would have just wandered away. I think it's really critical for everyone to serve in some capacity or another, but it really depends on the individual. And there's sort of a capital L leadership, you know, like being on the board or in some capacity like that. But there's also the small L leadership, you know, being a greeter or, you know, putting out snacks at you know, the coffee hour and things like that. But it's always leading by example. And I really think it's critical for everyone in our congregation to find, you know, their voice in the leadership and just jump right in and get to work. I think that's what's actually kept us here longer. Um, you know, the friends and the connections are really good, but that interaction with a, a larger community. This is interesting because I I feel like I frequently have conversations with visitors about this kind of topic, about how many of us are not raised to know how to be in community. Or maybe we were in a faith community that didn't resonate with us and we didn't feel spiritually connected to or socially connected to. And so it takes time to learn how to be in the mentality of, you know, you get what you give. Mm-hmm. Teamwork makes the dream work. All of these kinds of cliches that I actually find really meaningful. (laughs) (laughs) Oops, you learned things as a child. (laughs) (laughs) Be the change. There's another one. (laughs) Um, So you're currently very active in leading UCC's climate team efforts. Could you give us a brief overview, as brief as you can? I know that that team does a lot of work um, of all that the group does and let us know how others might get involved. Oh boy, that is, that is a tall word, but I will try to be somewhat. So the climate team got its start about three years ago or so with a service that Ned Tillman, Jim Caldiero, Tim Latimer, and I put together. We followed up a few weeks later with one of the Sunday forums. Remember those when it used to be between two services? 85 people showed up. We had to send people out to grab materials the whole time. And so I just put some sheets of paper up on the wall and asked folks, what would they do? Not what someone else should do, but what would they do? Which was a really, really good question. And we got a list of about 20 or 30 ideas. It took two full sheets of paper to write them down. Um, afterwards, a couple of us got together and coalesced it into a dozen, a half dozen or so items. And so we just sort of formed teams around that out of the 85 people. Some people volunteered to be um, the leader. Some people said, you know, I'll just, you know, set it up so people can meet, but I don't want to be a leader, you know, that kind of stuff. And we had 11 groups doing various things. There was a lot of crossover, so we formed a steering committee um, so to sort of keep things moving. Um, and there are 11 people on that. And Mary is the one that's actually running the steering committee right now. She and I are the, officially the co-leads of the, the climate action team, um, and she's doing a whole lot more of the leading than I am right now. I'm doing a great job. Um, Leslie, you asked about you know, how could people get involved if we missed you. Go we'll have a web page at uucolumbia.net. If someone's interested, they could have a look there. There's an email address called climatechange at uucolumbia.net. And so if you'd like to get involved and need some more information, check the web, give us a call. It's been just a blast. And I really enjoyed the amount of interaction with the people that are, that are doing this. It's really a lot of fun. Yeah, it seems like there's always a lot of energy around this group. Okay, so 
Can you now tell us about the general and current work of the Unitarian, another long name, UU groups always have long names, the Unitarian Universalist Legislative Ministry of Maryland and your role in it? Um, So UULM, which is what we call it, is sort of the statewide organization of advocacy primarily directed at the state legislature. So we're focused primarily looking within the state and trying to lobby the general assembly. And there are about seven or eight different issue areas that UULM is interested in. Climate change is just one of them. You know, there's immigration justice, health care, economic justice, things of that nature. Um, and Tammy Spingler, also from UUCC, is a co-lead for immigration justice, and she's doing a great job there. So that's sort of what UULM as a whole does. Um, and so how I ended up there is I retired from NASA in about 2017, and I was working in the climate area at NASA. But after I retired, I made a promise to myself and Mary that I would not say yes to anything that people asked me to do for a year, you know, just to have some time, you know, to relax and decompress. Yeah. And we did a lot of travel at the same time. And just about the end of that year, somebody, I don't remember who it was, mentioned UULM and told me they needed a climate change task force chair. So each of those groups are called task force chairs. So that, that's how I ended up doing that. There wasn't a lot of competition for the job, apparently. There was a, a lovely woman from Annapolis that was doing that. She said, I don't know anything about the climate, but I can take notes and send them around. And so when she heard that you know, we were considering coming, she was very excited to have us. But it's a faith-based organization, so obviously UULM is going to start with the seven principles. For climate change, it's the second and the seventh principle justice, equity, and compassion, human relations, and respect for the interdependent web of life. So those are the issues that that I look at with the work that I do. Um, My basic job there is to organize UUs to lobby for climate-friendly legislation in Annapolis. So I work with three different coalitions. One is the Maryland um, Legislative Coalition, and they have a group called the Climate Justice Wing. Um, there's a Central Maryland Transit Coalition, which is out of Baltimore. And then there is a more traditional environmental organization called Citizens for Citizens Concerned for the Environment. So what I do is, you know, I try to keep all the various congregations informed of what's going on with legislation, generate testimony before the General Assembly of my actual government person. And, you know, motivate our citizens to write their legislators, give them a call, attend rallies, things like that. It's sort of the, you know, the grunt work of political organizing, you know, being there, being engaged, that, that people know what you think is important. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of hard work during the legislative season, which is right now. You know, I spend 20, 25 hours a week doing this. Also, Al Home within the UUCC team helps me by doing a lot of that outreach into our congregation. Um, we're trying to expand, I'm trying to expand it through UULM to some of the congregations in the redder parts of the state. So I'm trying to build you know, relationships out there so we can get to some of the more purple or reddish parts of the state. So there in a huge nutshell is UULM. Yeah. I didn't realize you were spending that many hours a week. That's a considerable amount of time. It's important. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is important. Thank you, Phil. Um, To wrap up, as we often end our episodes, or we've kind of started to do do it that way, 
and because there's no limit to the number of fond memories that can or should be shared. Do you have a particularly fond memory you'd be willing to share with me of UCC? Oh, after 26 years or 27 years, there's a lot there, but there's one in particular. This happened about 16 or 17 years ago. Um, so we did a family skit way back when we did those sorts of things at the fellowship dinner. It was called A Day in the Life of the Rogers Webster Family. You know, just sort of like, you know, what do we do and you know, how do we get kids out and dinners and schools and all that kind of stuff. And one of the gags in there was finding dad's glasses because I always take my glasses and put them down <laughs> somewhere and I can never remember where they are the next day. And so Kathleen, our daughter, made a, a set of oversized glasses and put an electric <laughs> band on them and I wore them as like a little headband with the glasses on the top of my head. And so I had a blast looking all around, screwing around, trying to find my glasses and, you know, get the kids off to school and you know, the kids had a great time performing in front of the, or the, you know, the fellowship dinner. And it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I, that one stands out. But there's so many that are there. Oh my gosh. I love that. I do that all the time <laughs> with my glasses. I have very poor vision. I don't know about you. I'm at that area that I take them off and put them down a lot. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mostly these are just always on. <laughs> Thank you for chatting with me, Phil. It was lovely to see your face and thank you for, for all of these. I don't know. I can tell you thought about your answers and I appreciate the time that went into that. Well, I appreciate your inviting me to come here and you know, I hope that you've encouraged some people to you know, hop into leadership or jump into climate or you know, find their passion and you know, find a home for it and really well in. That would be the dream. See you next Wednesday for another chat. As always, we invite you to show us some love by subscribing to Rooted and Reaching on Spotify or Google or Apple Podcasts.